Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Media Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, Radio 5. Good afternoon, Radio 5 as well, Papa Echo November. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide, toll-free 1-800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at XZoneRadioTV.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at Hotmail.com. And our website, www.XZoneRadioTV.com. Don't forget, X-Zone Nation, in a couple of days, all of our interviews will be available on Amazon.com, as well as our books, our newspaper, and our CDs. All you have to do is go to www.amazon.com. In the search engine, type in rel-mar.com or Rob McConnell along with that, and all our products will show up. And uh, we're really excited about partnering with Amazon.com. My guest this hour is talking about a question that became very, very uh, newsworthy last week. We're asking the question, is America prepared for a massive cyber attack? ExoNation, as you recall, last week it was found out that the Chinese military has been very actively um, snooping on our cyber, um, our, our, our banking institutions, government institutions. They've been taking um, intelligent um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
hmm, designs, and they're bringing it over to China, making it a lot cheaper. It, it's it's something that President Obama said to Congress that they must heed uh, during his State of the Union plea going back just a couple of weeks ago. The threat of cyber warfare has suddenly become very real. And as you know, with President Obama signing an executive order mandating development of standards to protect the computer systems that run critical sectors of the economy and directing U.S. defense and intelligence agencies to share classified threat data with those companies. In his State of the Union address, he urged Congress to pass even tougher measures. And cyber warriors will even be eligible for their own combat-related medals soon. The Pentagon has announced it's creating a Distinguished Warfare Medal, the first new medal since the Bronze Star in 1944, to recognize soldiers who excel in cyber and drone attacks. It's a start, but only a start. And uh, that's according to our guest this hour, Charles D. Martin, whose novel, Provocateur, um, includes a chillingly realistic cyber attack on the U.S. Treasury. His website is www.provocateurbook.com. And joining me now from sunny and warm California is our guest this hour, Charles Martin. And uh, Charles, welcome to the Exxon. Well, Rob, thank you for having me on your show. It's our great pleasure, sir. I'm glad I don't have to be there in person. <sighs> I have to thaw out. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to send you a bucket of snow. Okay, that'd be uh, good. Yeah. No, wait a minute. I'm just giving you something to cool off in that beautiful weather with. Nah, to heck with yeah. it. You're just going to have to suffer <laughs> in the heat. Um, cyber attacks. Last week, uh, the Chinese were, uh, you know, exposed as as doing a lot of bad things using cyber technology on the United States and other other countries. Uh, and uh, I, I, I would imagine that we're going to be seeing a lot more of cyber attacks compared to actual physical combat in the future. You know, I think that's absolutely right. We're, we're only in the first inning of this game. Uh, already we see attacks that are troubling. Uh, one of the new developments... Um, that came out of the China, uh, recent China matter mm-hmm. is, you know, we're beginning to develop the technology to trace where these cyber attacks come from. Wow. And we've never been able to do that before. The attacks would occur and you just didn't know who the perpetrator was of, of it. But, you know, as a, a com- company, um, cyber uh, security company, mm-hmm. you know, Matrion is its name that has developed technology to trace these. Well, let's talk more about this when we come back from this two-minute commercial break. Exonation Charles D. Martin is my very special guest this hour. His website is provocatorbook.com. More on cyber attacks on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Yeah, that's where I'd like to be today after that uh, blizzard we had. Oh, Lord. I was talking to Charles before we went on air, and he was saying it's 82, and uh, they're expecting 82 degrees tomorrow in California. Oh. oh, anyway, Charles Martin is my guest. He runs Mount Pelerin Capital LLC and serves on the investment committees of prominent universities. An established business writer, a his first novel focuses on the intrigue that often exists between alpha females that take on and conquer dominant males. Uh, Charles lives with his wife in a coastal town south of Los Angeles, and his website is www.provocatorbook.com. Now, is it coincidence that you wrote this book and it's coming out just after all this information came to light about the Chinese government and what they're doing with our cyber units over here? Well, it was it was writ, written before this uh, came out on the wow. Chinese government uh, thing. And, and there's been a history. It isn't like this is the, the new event uh, to happen with the with the attack, you know, and what what was new, as we were starting to talk about before the break, was that we are now getting the means to mm-hmm. trace these cyber attacks and identify the attacker, and they were able to trace this back to an office building in Shanghai, and that office building is where the army, uh, Chinese army's cyber warfare unit is headquartered, yeah, and it has a that unit has a uh, interesting name. It's there's no name. It's by by a number. It's called Unit sixty one thirty nine eight, and so we were able to really determine who the cyber insurgent was in that case. Hmm. You know, we have several servers, and we can tell at any given time what the IP address is of who's ever coming to any of our sites. And uh, by just doing a who is on the IP address, you can actually find out who that person is. In in the past, we've had massive cyber attacks on our servers, and it is, you know, like we're only a little company. And I can just imagine the peril that these cyber attacks can actually play on major companies, banks, corporations, uh, even the Defense Department. Mm-hmm. What co- yeah, the uh, the mischief really has uh, a broad range. You mm-hmm. know, as you comment, the financial institutions, the banks, you know, the cyber attacks have gone in and pulled out credit card information and sometimes actually money. Uh, they the the recent China one was mostly on about a thousand corporations, wow. you know, stealing intellectual property and and secret uh, corporate information, but also, as you comment, uh, they also spy on the U.S. military operations, and and the fearful thing is that at some point they might be able to disrupt them. Now, this begs to ask the question, are we doing the same thing to them? Well, <laughs> Rob, you you just need to step back maybe a uh-huh. year or two. If you remember Iran's nuclear enrichment exactly. program. Exactly. And they had these centrifuges for uh, enriching uranium, mm-hmm. and they sp- 
spun out of control and were damaged. And it's pretty widely known now that the CIA was behind that. And so the CIA, in addition to what they do from a spook standpoint, uh, you know, uh, they also do covert operations. And they have a very big uh, cyber, you know, uh, activity within the CIA. Yeah, you know, I also know that the NSA, you know, monitors... Uh, monitors computer traffic within the United States and computer traffic coming into the United States. I know that CSIS and other intelligence agencies around the world also do this uh, because... Well, the NSA does it worldwide, and they've developed quite a elaborate, sophisticated mm-hmm. uh, system of electronic intelligence gathering. Uh, it's a very, very sophisticated system at the you know, NSA, National Security Agency, there. Um, where did your interest come in uh, from uh, in your book, uh, the uh, uh, the cyber attack aspect? Uh, are you a techie? Well, I, I spent 20 years of my life in uh starting and running the largest venture capital firm wow. in Southern California. So, so we backed over 100 companies, and a lot of them were in the high-tech area, and computer security mm-hmm. was one of the uh, areas that we knew. How secure are the, are the computers that, that hold our credit cards, hold our financial information, hold the secrets to the security of the nations? Well, in the banking system, it's uh, it is vulnerable. They the banks have been pretty sophisticated in um, in developing firewalls, but they are the technology of mm-hmm. the hackers is really accelerating, and um, and they're not uh, invulnerable. The, the place you know, in my uh, in my novel it, it features an attack on the U.S. Treasury auction, so I really had to look in depth into what kind of security exists within the Treasury auction system, and you know it was comforting to know that it's very secure. The firewalls there are very very sophisticated. They have a uh, system called the socket layer system that defends it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that any foreign nation or other could penetrate it at this point. Of course, writing a novel, I can help them penetrate it. But <laughs> well, sure. Uh, you, you know, there are movies that I've watched on television where these, where these uh, computer hackers actually divert money from different corporations, different banks, and send them, send them millions of dollars electronically to banks in the Turks and the Caicos. Uh, does this happen in real life, or is this strictly fiction? Uh, I think that's mostly fiction at this point, but it is something to worry about because mm. they're getting better and better at this. Tell me, tell me about your book, about the provocator. Okay. Uh, the provocateur really begins with a interesting protagonist, uh, a young woman named Nadia, mm-hmm. who was born 
out of wedlock in an industrial city in Russia, uh, lived her whole early life in an orphanage. Uh, so she had a very, very tough early life. But Mother Nature had smiled on her, and she was mentally gifted. She's smarter than any man she ever comes in contact with. And uh, she comes to America through a mail-order bride program, gets hooked up with a uh, ex-CIA lady named Olga. And then we see her in encounters with uh, a number of alpha males. So where the plot thickens and in the main event, Mm -hmm. she goes up against a Russian oligarch named Vladimir Rusov. And he has a scheme for hacking into the treasury auction and stealing a billion dollars. So her job is to try and neutralize that threat. How close to reality is your book? And where did you get the information to research such an elaborate um, cyber attack? Well, I, I knew a lot about the technology and anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, it took some pretty deep research to find out how the Treasury auction is defended and how the, the firewalls operate and, and the like. So um, it, it, it uh, took some research to find that out. You know, uh, one of the. And one, I hope it. I hope it's not a handbook for tri- for terrorists. <laughs> I was. I was just going to say that because one of the reviews that I read about the provocateur is that it includes a chillingly realistic cyber attack on the U.S. Treasury. Yes. Wow. It, this is uh, you know, it, it's so funny because what is fiction one day is reality the next in this world of ours. Here you were. Uh, how long did how long did it take you to write your book? Um, I'm a pretty fast writer. It I, I'm I have a full time job just running this hedge fund, but mm-hmm. I wrote it in about eight weeks part time. Wow! So here here you are writing this book that is fiction uh, to this point, and then the next thing you know, the news breaks that the Chinese are actually doing what is in your book. You must be part psychic. Yeah, well, it, it, it is a concern that's been lurking in my mind for some time. All right, you and I have and, to... And you know, these cyber attacks, there's quite a few different kinds of intruders. All right, you and I now, have to take our commercial... Are... Just a sec, uh, Charles, you and I have to take our okay, commercial break sure. with the news at the bottom okay, of the hour. Sure when enough. we come back, let's talk about the different types of cyber attacks. Hmm, cyber attacks, the topic this hour. The question to you, the members of the Exxon, is is America prepared for a massive cyber attack? God, I hope so. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my guest, Charles D. Martin. He's the author of Provocateur, as they say it in Quebec. The website, www.provocateurbook.com. And uh, Charles Martin and I will return on the other side of this commercial break. As we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
from our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, my guest this hour is Charles Martin. We're talking about cyber attack. And the question this hour, Exonation, Amer- uh, is, is America prepared for a massive cyber attack? Charles Martin is the author of Provocateur, and his website is www.provocateurbook.com. Uh, first of all, Charles, thanks very much for joining us. And before we went to the commercial break uh, with the news, uh, we were we were just starting to talk about the different types of cyber attacks. And I was wondering if you could uh, take us through that. Uh, yes, and just just uh, one note on the website. It's provocateurbook.com. There is a website, provocateur.com, which is a ladies' lingerie <laughs> site. So we <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Ah, geez, how did I know that? I don't know. Back to our subject here. Uh, I kind of put the you know cyber insurgents Mm -hmm. into kind of four categories. There's certainly the foreign government uh, sponsored insurgents, and it's not just China, but Iran is very very active in this area. Russia is. Uh, Eastern Europe, there's a lot of activity. So it's a range of of those. Um, Then there is the commercial espionage category that is designed to steal valuable corporate uh, intellectual property or other secrets. Uh, A third category is the terrorists themselves. Uh, they are coming up the learning curve and becoming increasingly a worrisome uh, group of, uh, of cyber uh, attackers. Mm-hmm. You know, their goal would be to disrupt our infrastructure in some way or, or steal money to fund their operations. And then the fourth category is just the individuals. You know, a 14-year-old boy in Shanghai that wants to steal the PlayStation software from Sony. I mean, and, and there, are, there are plenty of these individual hackers all around the world that are 
very, very sharp in learning how to work the Internet and hack into other people's property. I've often, so those are the... I, I've often said that if the people who are hackers could put their... Their, their talents and their ingenuity to the work that would be best for one and all. I could understand it, but they are deliberately trying to screw things up. Yes, yes. And, you know, we, we learned uh, from the, the centrifuges in Iran mm-hmm. how these, you know, there are various kinds of malware. What was used there was called a worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a form of well- malware that can cause, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure to operate and malfunction. And so that's a worrisome part of potential attacks here on things like our power grid or our, our clean water system or, or our financial system or other, others. So, you know, that's a, that's a worrisome form of malware. You see, I... I th- I, I, I personally believe that the next wave of terrorism is going to be electronic terrorism, that, you know, here we've got Homeland Security and uh, the intelligence agencies working on the agent instead of the electronic capabilities of the agent, who they don't have to be in the United States to cause all this havoc. Just imagine if there was an electronic or cyber attack on Wall Street. Yes. And it would just totally destroy investor confidence. Uh, be, would be really devastating. But you're you're absolutely right. And as I said earlier, that we're only in the first inning of this ball game. If you think downstream mm-hmm. at how uh, these uh, attacks can replicate, you know, it's a pretty worrisome thing. And I, I know it's a top priority in our military. The, you know, two years ago, the U.S. set up a new agency called the uh, U.S. Cyber Command, Cybercom. Uh, but that was only two years ago, and they're still staffing up. Uh, mm-hmm. His purpose is to defend against attacks on our military command, control, and communication system. And you can see how that would be pretty bad, too, if they exactly. were able to disrupt that. Well, just imagine if the the uh, terrorist or the uh, the agents who are against the United States and the allies were to get a control of a drone or yeah. any of these highly intelligent and sophisticated weapons that we now have, you know, it would be disastrous. It, it is really uh, worrisome, yes. Um, what it, it's it's moved up to be a high priority. All the branches mm-hmm. of the military have cyber operation units now. Uh, as we talked about the NSA, it's one of their top programs. The CIA, a top program. Companies are getting more into it. There is a, um, a computer security conference going on in San Francisco right now. It has 350 companies attending it. So it's up people's priority system, but we have a long way to go to create something that is bulletproof. Yeah, something like a a net to protect the net. Yeah, Mm. and I I don't think, you know, to kind of the tagline on this thing, uh, I don't think it's going to be a massive attack. I think what we're going to experience in future years is isolated incidences 
of different kinds of attacks, and they will gradually increase in volume. But there won't be one huge coordinated attack. No, that would make no sense because they couldn't cause the havoc and chaos that these sporadic attacks can. Yeah. Keeping the keeping the keeping your opponent off balance. The what if yeah. factor, you know, we don't have to worry about, in my opinion, pipe bombs any longer or dirty bombs. We have to worry about the cyber attacks. That's right. You know, even even law enforcement agencies. I know the RCMP here in Canada have a cyber. Uh, cyber investigation unit, the Ontario Provincial Police, our, our Hamilton uh, Police Services also have uh, cyber divisions. Because, you know, whether it's a laptop, whether it's an iPad, whether it's um, any of these handheld devices, if they can transmit as well as receive, this is a potential weapon when it comes to cyber attacks. Yeah, you're 100% right. And and you know, you also raised the point in uh, our friendly neighbor, the Can- Canadians, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is not just a U.S.-centric problem. This is a worldwide problem. Uh, the European Union has elevated this and is is trying to mobilize their efforts for defense against it as well. There are many people who are dead against Big Brother knowing everything. But I'll tell you something, uh, Charles. I would rather have Big Brother knowing everything that's going on than the guy across the street or across the pond or any of our country, any of the countries that are not friendly towards Canada, the United States, Great Britain, and our allies. Uh, people say, well, Big well, Brother... Big, Big Brother may speak Mandarin or Farsi or Russian... <laughs> Well, you know, I, I understand this, but people people are paranoid that the government, yes. when it comes to the CIA, the NSA, and the other intelligence gathering agencies that we don't know that exist but really do exist, uh, that that they have too much power, that the information is, is not for them to know. My my concern is well, if you're if you're not worried if you're worried about Big Brother ha- having too much access to the information, how are we going to catch the bad guys? Yeah. Well, what, you know, it's natural for people to worry about this, but I would uh, say that the professional people in the CIA and NSA have our very best interests at exactly. heart. They are true professionals. They are among the best and brightest. Um, even though it's secretive, but they, and they are not driven by political objectives. They are driven by mission-centric objectives. And they are, they are very patriotic people. Yes, they are. Very, and uh, hats off to them for the wonderful work that they do. And uh, when, it, when it comes to the... I'd just like to go back to your book for a moment, because I've, yeah. I've read a couple of excerpts, and... Um, I understand that readers are comparing Provocateur to movies like The Thomas Crown Affair for its suspense and its cleverness, and, and Body Heat for its sexual tension. Did either of those uh, influence the book at all? Well, it's interesting. You know, The Thomas Crown Affair was a movie, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, a movie that I really loved for what it did, although in the end it was the man that was the one that uh, was a hero in mm-hmm. this 
you know, it's a, a very superior female that does it. Uh, but uh, oddly, I'm a strange sort of of uh, writer of fiction because I've never read fiction. I, I have written a great deal of nonfiction you know, all my life, so I'm a very good writer, but I've never read fiction, and this is my first novel, my first effort into uh, fiction. Yeah. So, over the years, talking to the number of guests that I have, when it comes to authors who write in fiction, they have a message that they put into a fict- into a fictitious seren- uh, into a fictitious um, title, into context, a- yeah. because it's easier to get that message across to the reader than if they were to put it in any other form. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah, and I, I seek not only to entertain, but mm-hmm. also to enlighten the reader. And, um, you know, certainly part of it is, uh, you know, creating a higher degree of awareness of, you know, the threat of cyber attacks and where that fits in our world in the future. But another one is very much at a personal level. I think one of the most interesting aspects of the human experience is kind of the subtle contest between men and women. You know, men want to have their way with women, and women want to have their way with men. And I love to write about that dynamic, and that's <laughs> really a very core element in what goes on in provocateur. You know, we talked we talked about um, overseas organized uh, crime families, uh, the Russian mafia, mm-hmm. and uh, and even Al Qaeda. But you know, that opens up a whole new whole new um, aspect of the criminal element as well within the boundaries. Uh, you know, the mafia, organized crime, using cyber attacks instead of uh, machine guns. Yes. You know, wow. Yeah. It's kind of a scary thing. I mean, we've got to get our act together because it's, it's coming. What do you think the government should do immediately to to start to put this cyber attack into the into the priority that it so urgently deserves and that is being right on top of the pile. Yeah. Well, I think uh, going back to Obama's uh, message, you know, it was all about causing companies to disclose when they had cyber attacks, mm-hmm. and I don't think that is as much of the key. Certainly information sharing is helpful on it, but uh, there needs to be a lot more investment in technology. This is a technology war, and the, the person that has, the entity that has the strongest technology mm-hmm. hand is going to definitely be advantaged. And so there, there are these pockets of, uh, of skill developing in the private enterprise world, and, and some of these security companies are doing great work in that area. But also, as we talked about, the NSA, CIA, branches of the military, U.S. Cybercom, all these need to be, you know, if there's any funding we give, you know, those are not areas to cut. And it's a it, it's a it's a war where you need to get your advantage by growing your technology. 
Speaking about budget cuts, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if all the budget cuts that that the media are reporting on uh, that will be occurring very shortly if this budget isn't passed. And uh, scary times. You and I have to yeah. take a commercial break. We'll chat briefly about this uh, when we come back from this commercial break. Exxon Nation, Charles D. Martin is my special guest. He's the author of Provocateur. His website is www.provocateurbook.com. And Charles and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away and like Maria Maldar says, put your camel to bed. Send your camel to bed Shadows painting on faces Traces of romance in our Feeling down deep in my soul that I just can't lose. Guess I'm on my way. Explanation: uh, Charles D. Martin is my special guest. He's the author of Provocateur. His website is www.provocateurbook.com. First of all, Charles, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure, and I wish you much success with your very timely book. Is is there going to be uh, another book coming out that within the Provocateur? series is it going to be a trilogy or is this just a one-hit wonder uh, good good question and thank you for asking actually there's a screenplay uh, that's written by david ward he's an academy award winning screenwriter he's mm-hmm. done 14 films that i know of and uh we are beginning our talks with producers to uh get this converted into a movie so that's going on and then uh, also the sequel is very near done. So I think within you know a couple of months it'll probably be out there on on uh, in the bookstores and in the e-reader uh, community and all that. So it's a continuation uh, of of the story here. You'll see some of the same characters. Certainly the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to really be into this character, Nadia, who is the, the exceptional woman in this. Uh, and there'll be some new characters as well. So uh, it's, a, it's a really, you know, I'm really excited about the sequel. It's well, going to be very good. Well, congratulations. I, I look forward to uh, reading the sequel. And uh, what has been some of the feedback from people that you know within the cyber industry on your book? Well, um, they're kind of amazed at uh, the accuracy of it, and <laughs> they're, they seem to be pleased that it helps raise the awareness of mm-hmm. this as an issue. Right. Uh, so I think those are two, two kind of feedbacks that I have got on it. Your, your, your character, Nadia, who is she... Is she a real person that you've incorporated into the story? Where did you get the inspiration for Nadia's uh, character? 
So Nadia is, you know, I I tried uh, to create kind of the perfect woman, so to speak, except that her imperfections are in her uh, in her the behavioral part of her character. She, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in a in an orphanage, she has suffered from affection deprivation, so she's not real developed emotionally. Uh, there's another character in here is really fascinating. Olga, the ex-CIA, is patterned after a real live uh, person. Uh, you know, one of my partners became ambassador to Spain, and I visited Madrid, mm-hmm. and I had a state dinner sat next to this fabulous woman. She's 90 years old, kn- knockout dressed to the nines, sharp as a tack, and she had been a British uh, OSS officer during World War II and worked behind enemy lines extracting secrets out of the Nazis. Fascinating using story. Using her uh, feline ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know uh, uh, I, I hate to do this, Charles, but we've run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you so okay. much for joining us. Continued success, and I'd love to have you back on so we can continue our talk about cyber attacks. Okay, great. You take care of yourself, sir. Exxon Nation, Charles Martin has been my guest this hour. He's the author of Provocateur, www.provocateurbook.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.